1: Back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the Deadpool Hitter. You can always catch me on the X Twitter machine at Deadpool Hitter, the Pull Hitter Podcast itself at Pull Hitter Pod. And don't forget to check out the Pull Hitter Patreon. Go to patreon.com, enter Pull Hitter Fantasy Baseball into the search box, and take you right to my page. You got a free trial for a week. And I'm going to start my player breakdown very shortly. I have draft champions recaps as I finish drafts. I do a recap of why I'm drafting guys at specific spots. You know, just kind of strategy talk, player just an excellent growing community, like-minded fantasy baseball players, just sharing ideas, bouncing stuff off each other, talking draft strategy, sharing draft boards and draft picks, it's really fun, so got a lot of action in there, a lot of people drafting and draft champions already, so you get to get your mind to buzz with who's picking who where, um, without even looking at EP, so uh, come check it out, I think you'll really like it. Tonight's episode, me and Dom back in the saddle, back together again, talking gladiators, Recap of last season, some of the builds that did work, some of the builds that didn't work, how we did with our teams, and we bring on special guest Robert Orr, who won the inaugural Gladiator overall format over on the NFC. If anyone is not familiar with the Gladiator format, it is a 23-round draft. That's all you get. 14 bats, nine pitchers. That's your starting lineup, and that's all you get. The draft. There's no fab. There's no lineup decision. You just accumulate all the stats those those players produce for you over the course of the season. Last year they ran 100 leagues, so it was a 1500 um, overall. 1500 entries into the overall. This year they're bumping up to 180. So I think it's gonna be done by like mid January ish. So it's going to go fast. Get involved. They have fast drafts on two or three nights a week. They have two-hour drafts, four-hour drafts, slow drafts. So um, check out that format. It's really cool. Um, it's only a $50 entry point, um, 250 bucks if you win the league. Uh, third place even gets a free entry for the next season. The overall last year was $7,500. This year it went up to $10,000. Um, like I said, you'll be competing against 1,800 people to win that. Really, really cool format. It's best ball, but for roto, so you don't have to do a point transfer. You don't have to figure out anything with that. Um, so if you're in, if if you like roto and you like just drafting, you don't want to set your lineups. It's good practice for later on in the season when you get to your fast drafts. So we talk about why the the reasons why we love the format as well. So, uh, Rob comes on, talks about his team, talks about um. You know, how he went through the process of drafting, how he prepares for his drafts, all that fun stuff we usually talk about in the Hitter podcast. And um, we break down a whole bunch of other stuff along with some quiz about, um, you know, how many times Ronald Acuna was in a top 20 team and how many times he was drafted number one overall out of 100 drafts. I think the answer to that will be kind of surprising to y'all. But um, yeah, so enjoy this episode and uh, yeah, keep coming back for more. We're going to be hitting it hard all season long. All righty, welcome back to the Poll Hitter Podcast, your destination for actionable fantasy baseball tools, resources. I'm here with my buddy Dom. I'm back from Arizona, Dom, and we got a special guest tonight. We'll introduce him in a second, but first, Dom, what's going on, buddy? How you been?
2: Uh, good, busy. Uh, just trying to unwind, but also draft and... Been wait, oh, wait, wait, so, wait, wait,
1: Unwind and draft. What the fuck does that mean?
2: I guess, I guess it's that I, I, <laughs> ever, I'm on. I'm almost done with my seventh DC. So I'm like, <laughs> so it was like once the season ended, I was, uh, I started drafting right away. So like, doing one DC is like unwinding for me because I was, I had like four going at a time throughout all the playoffs. So, you know, now feels like e- it's easy. Um, that, you know, seventh?
1: so. Seventh DCs? Is my,
2: yeah, I'm almost done with my seventh DC.
1: Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah. I, Mike, Mike I, I have a great I think I have a great schedule of like how I'm gonna handle this off season. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do hey. eight DCs now. Um I'm gonna hey, only now yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> only do glad then then I'm gonna start actually like doing deep dives on players while I'm doing gladiator drafts.
1: Okay.
2: Um hopefully okay. get that through till about february and then uh do m- maybe a couple couple more dcs maybe four honeys and then uh save it up for the big drafts in march Ooh, so
1: the four honeys there you go
2: maybe you got those.
1: yeah you got to get into a couple of honeys because um you'll see the difference in adp it's yeah. remarkably different and actually just being in those rooms and having that adp um sets you up better for main event um it's just, it's different. It's a stark difference, and you'll see that. Um, but speaking of gladiators, we have the the um, inaugural overall champion of the Gladiator League, Mr. Rob Orr. What's up, man? How are you doing? We're doing fantastic. Thank you for joining us. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into, you know, all of our uh, research that we've done into the gladiator contest from last year.
0: Uh, yeah, I uh, I am a Phillies fan, first and foremost. That's how I got into baseball and uh, writing a baseball prospectus now. I used to write for like a Phillies blog, but um, been a BP for like two years. I usually write about hitting analysis because not a lot of people do that there. Um, and yeah, yeah, just got into fantasy actually in like 2021. That's when I started playing. <laughs>
1: wow yeah. awesome awesome and um you do like some home leagues or you just got into nfbc leagues which uh your palette of fantasy baseball leagues
0: yeah i just went straight into nfbc um nice Look at that. I that.
1: <laughs> take it down
0: overalls <laughs> i know it's
1: fucking great i love
0: these stories this is great i don't know I, I wanted to get into it for a while and then i just like stumbled onto this I, i've got a friend who told me about it and uh yeah, it's it's
1: gone okay so far. <laughs> that's awesome. Good for you. I mean, yeah, you know, you hear a lot of stories about people like um being like, I guess, um like, oh, I'm not ready to step into the NFC arena. But it's like, you know, I get because a lot of people just think it's there's high stakes and there's and that's it. Um, but you know, there's Gladiator's a the fifty dollar entry, the the N F C fifties is a fifty dollar draft and hold you got your you know, your satellite leagues that you can, you know, um have people that are popular people who want to like bankroll and and get right in there. But you know, I think it's I think it's great just to get in there and um, you know, mess around with the site, even if you don't join for a league, just learn the website and everything and learn how to use it. But that's pretty pretty crazy. Normally we get these whole lengthy um, you know, oh, I've been in this league, I started off at Yahoo, I played with friends, I started in high school. You're just like, nah just got into it um that's 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 funny so like uh, I guess how come maybe you never played it like anyone you know played and you're like ah that's not I that just doesn't seem you know interesting to me uh
0: I, I played like a lot like one year a long time ago this was like when like pools was still on the Cardinals I had him on a team but that was like with friends and like maybe the end of high school and uh I just didn't have like the attention span at the time to mess with lineups. And I was like, this is not for me. And then, I don't know, I just uh, thought it'd be a good idea like many years later. And uh, I guess I, I matured enough to uh, <laughs> set my lineups weekly and stuff. Although I didn't have to do that in Gladiators. That probably helped. Um, yeah.
1: So cool. I see that you, um, you did some NFC fifties as well. You did some draft champions. You also did a best ball, um, on top of the gladiator. Um, which, which, which format did you enjoy the most?
0: Uh, well, I'm, I'm obviously uh pretty, pretty pleased with how the gladiator turned out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Um, absolutely.
0: But I think the draft champions I enjoy the most because of just like you're picking 50 rounds. It's crazy how deep you have to go. Um, and just like plucking out those randos that are going to have good years is, I, I really enjoy doing that. It's what, I, it's what I try to write about during like the off season at BP too, even though it's not really a, uh, from like a fantasy perspective, they're trying to pick breakouts from
1: people on teams' benches. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's, it's such a big part of uh, what makes, you know, a successful, you know, um entry into draft champions. But it's also man, it just really helps too, like for your in season, for if you're in a fab league, these guys come up or you guys become a part of the rotation or whatever and you kind of have some base knowledge of it. But I love that. I, I love when a player um just a pitcher, it's like eighteen innings he gives you the whole season in your starting lineup. But it was just when you needed him, it was just perfect. You know <laughs> It's really like, I don't know. I, I get the most satisfaction out of those kind of players. Um, I mean, my D.C. team that almost won this year, uh, you know, round 49, Jason Foley, round 50, Matt Walner. And I wouldn't have been close without those guys. You know, I lost Wander, Terrell Ward. um another big outfielder and like Walner was just a savior for me. And I needed power on top of that. I needed to replace power and he was just there for me. I needed at one point I was like, oh man, I just wish I had some extra saves and I just had Foley in there for that reason. Um, so those, like those picks, you know, like uh, they don't often hit, they're not going to hit on every team, but they're they that's so big uh, for your, for your teams. Um, so tell me a little bit about like how you prepare for, fantasy drafts like are you a big projection guy um you have like just like a user skills leaderboard, like head into a little bit about your prep and what you do um
0: yeah I uh I don't like you know download well I downloaded projections last year and started looking at them uh, a lot more seriously for the first time um and it definitely gave me a better feel for like the player pool I was looking at um I do try to focus in on skills that I like um like i like uh looking at guys who have who rate really well by like batted ball metrics um just making a list of like the late guys that i can i can draft that have some kind of notable skill like that um right. is usually where i start uh for at least dcs um because to me like the first rounds it's just kind of like it's going to go the same way a lot and i want to be able to be flexible later and look and be like, okay, who can I get at like round 25 in a DC or something that's going to fill this hole. Uh, So I start late. um, And then last year I took and looked at like the 80th percentile uh, in all of the different stats in the draft champions and made a little spreadsheet where I could like punch in numbers that I expected guys to get. And it would tell me, you know, how am I, how am I doing per roster spot as far as meeting that goal? is coming and I ended up using that for gladiator too. Um, and I don't, I, I haven't actually looked at if my like back of the napkin projections were particularly close. I'm sure they were off by a lot, but it, that kept me on track during the draft. Like, okay, I'm doing okay. I think in steals I'm doing okay. in runs could probably use a guy who's getting help the batting average, just that kind of thing.
1: That's nice. That's, that's a solid attack. I mean, that's, and that's what I really love about the NFPC is that we have that data there and it's it's part of it's it's part of a tool that you can use it's it's so big and it's everything is standardized you can go to any format that you want get those 80th percentiles get the 90th whatever you feel like you know extracting and it's there it's there for you to use and utilize um so like so do you so do you map out a little bit of your rounds when you start when you have those kind of expected numbers that you're trying to get? Do you kind of looking at some players that would fit that, you know, mold?
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously it depends on, you know, where you end up picking in the drafts Um, for, I've always kind of liked picking at the back end of the first round. I like picking close to each other and being able to play on two picks at a time, basically. Um, And last year I just thought there was decent value, but uh, for my gladiator, I, you know, I was at the second pick and took Acuna. I kind of spoke to myself year, man. seemed like for a lot of the second half of the season he was like all of the production I had for some weeks. Um, but yeah for for most drafts I go in and I'm like I, I want to come away from the first five rounds and have like a catcher and maybe have one of my closers. I'm kind of an early closer guy. I like that comfort um and then from there it's just kind of flexible i don't i'm not like a you know stack up on pitching or stack up on hitting early and just kind of like best value after that
1: nice um yeah acuna was just amazing um i mean <laughs> i just saw too that he um all right i'm gonna give you guys a little trivia right off the bat you guys may know it but let's um let, let's see if you guys know um, You can take a guess And let's see who, who's the closest But how many times was Acuna drafted number one In Gladiators last year So out of 100 hmm. leagues right Out of 100 leagues
2: 45
1: Rob
0: mm, Is this like a price is right thing Like should I not go over that number <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You can do whatever you, you want
2: <laughs> uh,
1: I'll do like 40 Let's go Let's go 20.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, because I remember, you know, you have to think about when we drafted. We drafted mm. kind of early, and I feel like at that point, uh, Turner was was a popular number one. 37 um,
1: times for Turner.
2: Pe- people were going. Mm. Some pitching because of the format. I, I feel like I remember seeing Strider go one. Maybe Cole went one.
1: Unless I did it wrong, there was no pitchers that went one. Um, no? Okay. All okay. right.
2: I, you, you I could have be been right. be wrong with that. Um Turner.
1: There was only five guys actually. It was Turner, J. Rod, Otani. Judge J Ram J-Rod. Huh. Yeah. yeah. No Otani. I guess yeah. because like people people were struggling with that. Oh, you have to use them one way or another. And yeah. you couldn't do both with him. So people kind of shot away from him. Yeah. Um, you know, in that top overall thing, but I thought that was interesting just seeing Acuna 20 times and um, at a team's in the top 20 in the overall, he showed up five times. Um, just can't believe like, <laughs> what? We, I, it's easy to look back in hindsight, but I mean, I had I think four number one picks over the course of last year and every single time I took Acuna, mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's just really wild, you know, just, I guess because of that year he had and what's expected from this year i think team has him for 38 56 which is very very nice <sighs> <That's laughs> it doesn't even look real on this sheet <laughs> it doesn't. Video games. well i mean it's 2022 you know that
2: he was running like crazy but his power his home runs were kind of down so i think maybe that right. kind of scared people off a little bit but yeah he, i mean he was my it, it, i don't i don't think i had the number one pick at all in any of my drafts last year um and I still had a pretty good year, but uh, yeah, I would have loved to have like an all-time season from um, Acuna on any of my teams. But uh, yeah, he was, he would, he definitely would be my number one pick, but uh, yeah. yeah. So, Hey Rob, quick question, or, you know, yeah. I get the benefit of just, I can throw out Rob and, and anybody can answer. Yeah. Yeah. Me, but, um, <laughs> um, I wanted to ask though, like going into the contest, because obviously last year, the gladiator, um, nobody really knew, how to build the winning team and everybody was like oh we, we can do all this different stuff and see what the winning formula was and truthfully like in looking at the top 10 rosters th- before the site flipped yep. I, I don't know if there's like a ton i could really glean from like this is the winning strategy for roster build construct construction other than health but like In terms of going into the contest, because I know I had some, like, preconceived um, strategies. Like, were there any strategies that you had in going into the contest in terms of drafting? Like, um, player types that you'd focus on, player types that you'd avoid, um, anything like that? Or were you just kind of feeling it out?
0: Uh, I had a couple different thoughts on that. And um, I actually had a different team that was awful um, in the Gladiators. I only did two, and that team was awful because I kind of thought that, like, I figured going in, people would be, like, most people would be short on innings in general, like, shorter than they would be in any other format, obviously. Right. And I was thinking that, like, if you could just get enough to scrape by, I think it was, like, a... It was a really low inning threshold for the season for it to count.
2: Yeah, I think it was 100 or 150 minimum.
0: Yeah, it was ridiculously low, and I was like, okay, well, if you can get past that and have really great ratios, then you can kind of bank something there. Um, so, I had one team where I drafted, like, Glassnow and a bunch of, like, closers. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it kind of did terribly, but um, that was me pushing that to the extreme. But for the for the team that did well, I kind of approached it from just, like, the traditional, like, you know, have two, two relievers and the rest starters and try to to get as best as you can. And I just was like a little less worried about injuries actually because of that. Um, You know, I think a lot of people were like, you know, you got to stack the innings from like safe, healthy starting pitchers or whatever. But um, like I drafted McClanahan and Rasmussen and Springs and like a lot of guys that went down, but the
1: innings they did give me were really great. Yeah. That was the thing when I was looking at, you know, like trying to catch you and I'm like, he's got all these pictures that aren't there, but it's like, it, it, it like in fab leagues, we can add to that and make the ERA and the whip worse. And, you know, yours didn't change, you know, much because, you know, they're just hurt and like your other pitchers were just pitching fine. So uh, that's, that's, that's a funny thing. I think that's part of the gladiator. It's like, um, you can have some, some stagnant spots, you know, and, and, at the end of the year and it won't it doesn't hurt you too much you know um but i was just i was like hoping you were just gonna fall just enough behind in like k points you know it's like the one like your worst category and and it was just it didn't go down enough you know (laughs) it didn't go down enough yeah yeah yeah, i
0: think i'm sorry go ahead
1: yeah no go ahead Rob.
0: Oh okay. It was, it was yeah, it was K's and wins at the end where like I was I was tracking everything super close. And I had like Merrill Kelly and Jordan Montgomery were my only starters I had at the end of the year, and they were doing great. But yep. um the two closers I had, I had Camila Duvall and Alexis Diaz, who I drafted both pretty early. And uh that was that was a good strategy for, for that. But Duvall kind of just like fell apart down the stretch. And I was yeah. like, What are you doing to me, man? I need these saves. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think I was looking at the top 10 and it looks like there's like a sweet spot of like innings in for those top teams where it's like between like a thousand and like eleven 1, hundred innings yeah. where it's like you've accumulated enough innings where you can accumulate wins and strikeouts. But you also have enough closers contributing 50, 60, 70 innings that they're getting you saves um, to also like get you into that overall threshold where um, you know some of these teams with 1400 1300 innings don't have the Ks or I'm sorry don't have the saves or they have bad ratios like you kind of like and that's that was my like preconceived it's similar to what you said um, with the, the ratios is like I was I was much I was open to drafting Kershaw in like any format last year but especially in gladiators where i was like kind of jumping Kershaw and like glass now over guys that i felt had more secure innings um just because i was like if they give me 100 120 innings like the ratios will be pristine and that's that's good um cuz like the worst the, like for i know for an example of a guy that i like was hard out on was um Cease part, mm-hmm. partly because i just thought he was overpriced last year but the other reason was like he has a serious whip risk, but he can also accumulate so many innings that like if he gives you 200 innings with a 1-3-1-4 whip, like you're kind of screwed in the overall unless all the rest of your pitchers stay healthy. So it's kind of like uh, it's it, even more than in a roto league where you could bench a guy or you know drop a guy. Like you need to uh, really keep the balance in your in your ratios. So that was the one thing I was ultra, ultra um, cognizant of was, like, ratio protection on the pitching side. Um, and then the other thing I was – I thought of la- – and, and I think this held true, like, was in a normal Roto League, um, you know, obviously the goal is to draft a balanced team because you kind of, like um, – you, you don't want to be over-reliant on like specialists because you know, that, that production is tough to replace if they get hurt. Um, but in the gladiator format where there's no replacement, like um, I'm more willing to take on those specialists because if they pop 60, you know, 60 uh, steals or something along those lines and still get hurt um, your ro- your roster at the end of the year, like might be that of a balanced team. So it's kind of like you can draft a balanced team and hope for health, where you can draft somewhat unbalanced team, knowing that guys are going to go down and you can just hope that the output that they give you at the end of the year is that of a balanced team. Um, So that was why I was like more okay with drafting a guy like a Schwarber, a guy like Estuary Ruiz or a guy like CJ Abrams late. Um, And also hitting those guys late was, was clutch as well, because um, so, yeah, that's kind of some of my preconceived thoughts. And I think those kind of held, held, true so um i'm on the clock
1: i'm on the clock and then i'll tell you i'll tell you my um strategy coming in um all right i'm on the clock second round 29th pick i got bobby witt locked up with the second pick and um i think i'm gonna go pitcher here i think i'm gonna go zach wheeler um over galsman and castillo yeah got a galsman already um and you know what? The is it's its just an interesting spot, you know, because you really just got to, I think, love someone more than the other. I don't think there's any right or wrong um, attack here, you know? Um, I don't know. It's like I could go Austin Riley, but. Uh, take
2: the picture.
1: I'm going to take the picture. Rob's a Phillies go- guy. It's, it's a sign. Yeah, it's a sign. Right? <laughs> Cheers to you, Rob. Zach Wheeler, lock it up. Um, yeah, so when I was looking at, you know, I think coming new format and all, and 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 a lot of my um, a lot of my thoughts about the draft and the format happened within the first draft. You know, seeing fucking three closes go in the first round, I said Wow and I just remember everything happening so quick and just me saying, okay, I'm not taking one like with well, these lunatics can do this? I'm not gonna go that route um I think a lot of those teams too that like took two or three, three early That's <laughs> uh, you crazy. know so, so those 100 plus save teams I think I, I think you had one Dom maybe that was like good, but everyone else really didn't do that great. <laughs> Draft in that many closes. Yeah. So I think that kind of like hit my hand first. Like, all right, well, if it's going to be like this in every room, I got to find a way to, you know, combat this. Maybe take one early, maybe not, or just kind of, um, it'll be my thing. I'll be the, I'll be the zagger that's just going to try something different every time. And so in the first draft, it's just, you know, kind of ended up being where i was like all right well let me just see what i can get late and um you know i like david robertson uh actually that one i got muñoz and Seawald in the middle rounds um and then like david robertson my last pick but in the next draft i did the same thing i'm like i'm just gonna wait um and i got Robertson and Kimbrough my last two I basically picked Robertson and Kimbrough <laughs> Like a lot early Um early on in drafts I took them late Cause I was just like right, I just think these guys Are gonna get jobs um And get maybe 15-20 saves and at that point I was like alright let me just see if I can get 40 from these guys Fall middle of the pack and do well everywhere else Um and then it eventually Expanded to Um trying to get like a save guy in the middle rounds was like the fairbanks range uh the Seawall range and then i did a lot of um evan phillips late and jason adams late um and i just felt like i don't know my five four teams five starting pitchers four relievers uh i was actually the team that was um third overall um i came in third dom you were in fifth right fourth or fifth yep
2: Fifth, I I, Fifth. I lost to I lost a spot to Bob on that's right the did. last couple of days.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So well, the Gladiators well represented right here on on this so, podcast. Uh-huh. hmm Um, and um, I had a yeah. So that team was split five four five starting pitchers, four relievers. The other the other team I did five four was my third best team, which was also fiftieth overall. Um. And then, like, I kind of looked at my better teams averaged, like, three starting pitchers in the top eight rounds. Um, And basically not even um, averaged, like, one and a half starting pitchers in the last eight rounds. So I just went early on starters and in the middle and took the relievers late and just, like, offense uh, filled it up, you know? So – I'm, I don't know. I felt comfortable, I guess, just going more pitchers and trusting my late bat, you know, stabs, and just just hoping those late, those late closer stabs were going to work out, you know. Um, but I really just like that, that like two closers, two middle reliever types, you know. Like I said, like just oh, yeah. um, like even like you know, Evan Phillips ended up being you know the guy, but. My expectation of him and Adams was just like, let me just hope I can get a hundred and you know, forty K's with 12 wins and 20 saves, <laughs> you know, like minimum. If I can get that, I like that. And if they could just supplement the other guy's saves, again, I was just like shooting for the middle and saves and just hope when um everything fell out. Um I am, you know, you, you also absolutely have to hit if you go that down the five starters, you know, you have to get lucky in, in, you know, um, having guys stay out there for the whole time. can I was lucky with that on t- those two teams. I still ended up putting together, um, you know, really, really solid innings pitch totals. So, um, one was, uh, 11, you know, one was 1200 and the other one was, uh, a thousand. So, um, i do know it's, it's it's definitely looking across the top you know dump like you were saying the top uh top 20 top 10 um really isn't um like a a a, a huge this is the way yeah but um i do think that um it kind of it kind of mirrors um our fab leagues in some ways and that like stolen bases and saves have like the least correlation to mm-hmm. you know um, everything you know to being in the top
2: yeah
1: and um i also thought too that uh you know it was just gonna be all uh, volume and while volume did well you didn't necessarily need it um, there were still some teams in the top 20 that didn't even crack three teams that didn't even crack 5,900 at bats, you know, and that's low, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. that's mixed in with a bunch of 7,000, 6,800s. Um, So, I don't know, it's, um, I think balance is obviously what you got to strive for, but how you get there is, I think, what you uh, what's gonna fall in your draft? Like I said, it, it seems like the I'm in two of these slow gladiators, and it doesn't. Oh, I'm back on the clock again. Holy sh! I pick quick. The guy went Simeon Castillo. Uh, I guess I'm gonna have to go Austin Riley now, right? In the there third, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna yep. do it. Get a get a Riley. Oh no! Look at that. He's oh, that's weird. He was still in my queue, but he wasn't really available. Um. Oh man! All right, this is uh, all right. So you guys, you guys. um Nasty, yeah, so you know what? I'm gonna make a quick pick here. I I'm not gonna fuck around. I'm gonna pick Gunnar Henderson. And that's it. <laughs> Gunnar. Whit Wheeler. Gunnar Whit Wheeler sounds like a sounds like a band. All right. Well, this that that flew by because usually you know you in these four hour drafts you know um yeah people
2: are people are pumped they want to make their picks and you know get moving.
1: Hundred percent. 100%. So, um, yeah, I, I already went against, you know, um, you know, the closers aren't really going like they were last year. So I think people kind of, that kind of got reeled back. You know, I mean, the one the one sl- four-hour draft I mean, he had Devin Williams in the second round, Bednar in the third, and Hader, and Classé at the end of the third. But, like, you know, that's, and then it gets not like, iglesias doval uh diaz in the fourth which is normal you know that's like how dcs are going maybe mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more aggressive but like only by a round not by three fucking rounds <laughs> like yeah yeah when we were drafting those leagues i said man this is nuts just being in that fast draft and seeing it happen i'm like why is everyone doing this i was really mad at everyone
2: <laughs> then yeah it's like an arms race then and and that probably gave me uh like, I don't know, PTSD, the Because this, this team that I finished fifth overall, I went hater, class A, one, two, or class A hater, whatever. Th- those wow. two guys were my first two picks on, on this team. So, um, and like, when I looked at my, um, you know, recap of my team, I kind of said, like, by going, by investing, such high draft capital in those guys and then um then taking a third closer in uh pete fairbanks later on you know i to finish as high as i did where i finished like 99.5 percentile in strikeouts 95th percentile in wins 99th percentile in saves um with also decent enough ratios in order to do that i kind of had to like walk a narrow like a tightrope because I needed, like, four 200 strikeout pitchers, which I had (laughs) that stayed healthy. And that was also good that I had all those guys accumulate those innings and strikeouts because, like, I had Charlie Morton and Hunter Brown as my last two starters. Um, And having those guys with, like, their whip and ERA damage, if even one of my starters went down, like, even Aaron Nola, who had a bad ERA, but, like, he gave me – you know 200 innings with a one, one whip like that was actually very helpful if he had gone down and now Morton's like 1-4 whip and um, Hunter Brown's 5 ERA made up a bigger proportion of my ratios I definitely would not have finished um, in the money at all so that it, it's kind of like I'm realizing now like how perfect things needed to go and and that's the name of the game we know it's going to take a lot of luck um in order to to finish highly and and but you know that was just like an illustration of really how well things need to fall in my favor based on that roster construction and um yeah like to your point rob like the saves really aren't correlated highly as opposed to like you can see wins runs rbi um those stats you can see are the top ten teams are all, um, you know, ninetieth percentile or higher in in all of those categories. Those are correlated much higher with um, mm-hmm. overall success than a, a stat like saves. Even average, you know, I, I finished kind of mid pack and batting average, um, and there's a couple other teams that finished mid pack and batting average. So um, those. Those uh, counting categories really uh, correlated much more with the overall
1: success. You brought up a name, uh, Charlie Morton. So another trivia for you guys. In the top 20 teams, how many times was Charlie Morton represented? I'm guessing it's a high number. (laughs)
2: Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's weird. It's weird. I I would say like what? Seven? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Seven. So, so exactly. it's weird
2: because where he went, you could get him round 13 14 to get the amount of wins and strikeouts he gave you that late. Um it, it like if you look at his year and you look at like Dylan Cease's year, they they probably had similar whip and similar strikeout numbers, just talking off the top of my head. I'm not looking at it right now, but like you had to take Dylan Cease round 2 whereas you could have gotten, you know, Whatever, a, a real ace with the second round pick. So no like, fear. um, <laughs> it, I, I'm I'm sure that that's part of it is like to get that um, win contribution and strikeout con- contribution that late in your draft, you probably were able to compensate for you know what he didn't do so well for your team with a pitcher um, in those earlier rounds. So it's like. It's, it's hitting late. Also, it's it's health, but it's also hitting late and allowing you to get like, real stars at the top, front of your draft um, because there's no replacement value. There's no there's no replacement for underperformers.
1: You guys want to guess who, who had eight appearances in the top twenty? Uh,
0: do I? I'm gonna guess my guy Merrill Kelly. I don't know. <laughs> nope, not Merrill Kelly.
1: Yeah.
2: I'll guess uh i guess just... Matt Olson.
1: Nope. Cody no. Ballinger.
2: Ballinger. See, Cody oh, Ballinger. Yeah. Eight.
1: Eight in the top twenty. Um, Morton was second. Uh tied tied with um another player. you guys wanna guess who was tied with Morton, um his name was brought up already. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah I know, Stott. No, person Stott. No. Uh, Abrams. Nope. Kim. 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 Uh, that,
0: oh. that makes
1: sense. I yeah. Stott had four. He was pretty. He was pretty well represented. Lane Thomas, um, had five. Glaber had six. Um, Chris Morrell had six appearances. Wow. wow. Zach Eflin Spread had six. And yeah. get ready for this, guys. Get ready. Get ready for the name I'm about to tell you. Yeah, he was on six of the top twenty teams, and he was tra- <laughs> there was one guy, David David Asanipor, who's who's picked him four out of these six times on separate teams, which is pretty pretty wild. But Mr. Martín Pérez, <laughs> 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 Mr. Martín Pérez, I. That's a good luck charm for him. <laughs> I mean even Lance McCullers is on is on 3 of the top 20 teams. Pretty wild. Um <laughs> so it's uh it's it's you know like Bellinger I totally get, you know, he just he just gave everyone um you know great season from wherever he was going in 150, once you know, 150 area um it's a complete fade for me this year. though. I don't know how you guys feel about Bellinger this year, but the 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 twenty six barrels and twenty six homers is uh, most of all low barrels, but also he's you're not, you're not going to do the you know one for one again. Um, I don't know.
2: Just if well, he's, he's playing he's, in the Bronx, though.
1: Ooh, all right, all right. <laughs> I'm, no, yeah,
2: I'm not. I'm not. I I had no shares of right. Bellinger last year. I'm probably me not going to draft him Take again this year. Yeah. Just I've uh, you know. I've seen it. He's done enough damage to my teams over the years that, but if he does sign and and gladiators are still going and he's on the Yankees, I I would be lying if I said I wouldn't consider drafting him more. Um, I have a fun, I have a fun one when I was looking at my player share. So obviously I said I cash in 10 of my 15 gladiators. So there was one guy I had that I was like, how the fuck did I cash in? So I had this guy in seven leagues and I cashed in five of them. Um, He is a reliever. He, uh, not a good reliever. Care to guess who that guy was? Mm. No, I gave you plenty. I I didn't give you a lot to work with there, but.
1: He's a reliever and he's not a good reliever. He ended up getting
2: three saves last year.
1: Three saves. Um, Ronaldo Lopez. No. Close Uh, though. Actually, he's good, right? You'll tell me he's actually a good reliever, Rob. Um, Cleveland? Okay. I don't know. No, Jorge Lopez.
0: Ooh! Uh, I like, How oh, the man. hell did I
2: cash in five leagues with fucking Jorge Lopez on my team? But he was one of my popular like third closers because that's I I did build a lot of my teams with I would go you know I would invest pretty heavily in two somewhat early closers and then I would try to grab him late because I thought he was going to be the closer for Miami. um so it goes to show you, you can still miss uh, and have literally horrible years, but um, try to keep them from guys that are throwing 50, 60 innings as opposed to two hundred innings. And you could still, still maybe cash. Um, but right,
1: but that's like you said, like that's a build thing. He was your third, you yes. know, RP. So you weren't, you know, hinging on him for everything. You know, I'm always, I'm always. Um, fascinated by this. You know, I think like last year when I had Tanner Bell on the pod and he was ta- talking about stuff that they did from the process and like even Judge had that crazy year, um, awesome year, but he wasn't on a lot of like winning teams. Um, And like his question, I don't know, it's still stuck in my head, but like what what was in the mind of the Judge drafter? Like what kind of drafter is a Aaron Judge drafter, you know, that year? Like, you know, like, um and it's just like interesting because I, don't know. I feel like players uh, follow like uh, something that the drafter is, is is doing, you know but um all right so Rob, why don't you walk us through your your um, your overall winning team you know how you put it together? Um, was there any specific uh, you know like um thing that you tried to do, anything that you executed like yeah, I did this, I nailed it and um, any kind of part where you may be like, oh shit, this might not be great.
0: Uh, well, it was funny listening to you guys describe how you picked your teams because uh, you said you drafted uh, starters near the top. And then, uh, Dom, you said you drafted relievers near the top. And I, I just was uh, I was kind of in between there. But, like, I was especially the opposite with the starters. I had one starter through my first 10 rounds. And then just, like, I guess I hit on, on every one of them after that. Um I think, I think the key was that like, I got like Nadia Valdi in the 18th yep. round and my last pick was Aaron Savali. And I had Savali on like all my teams last year. Um, he, he he was pretty clutch for me, um, but I got him at round 23. And he was another one of the ones that was like three of my starters that were healthy at the end of the year <laughs> and actually producing for me. So that helps. But um, yeah, I got Acuna. um and, and Riley, uh, those were my first two picks, and obviously, having that much of the Braves lineup last year was pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, then I drafted Man, that's like crazy I said,
1: one pitcher, one starter in the first 10 rounds. Man, that's uh, yeah, I mean, it obviously you did it, but that's that's pretty impressive. I know people who went that route, but like didn't, didn't end up picking all starters. Right. Um, Dom, I think we saw that in a couple of drafts with just guys, just going the like uh, one closer and, and I mean, one starter and a whole bunch of relievers, but I mean, yeah, guys were like Merrill Kelly and Eovaldi, man, just giving you good, good innings and, and, and just a solid year all the way around, like can carry that for sure. Yeah.
0: And, uh, it did help that I drafted like Camila Duval and Alexis Diaz in the in the top ten rounds. So like that's a that's a nice like base from the relievers who are kind of, you know, if those starters were a little bit shaky. Like I wasn't really planning on doing that. It just near the end I was like or I got to round 10 and I was like, oh, okay. But uh <laughs> um had to had to adjust a little bit there. Um and I did have a list of guys, like I had I had Madsen Savali. They were on like my list of later targets. Mm-hmm. Um, so that second half push from Stephen Matz was pretty big too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I have a. I have some some of my own numbers that I run. Um, it's kind of like a. Yeah, I listen to the Pod the stuff. Plus, isn't like a, the most popular thing here. <laughs> but um, I have my own version that's like specifically built towards like ratios and in strikeouts and stuff like that and uh nice mats and savall mats and savali kind of just popped as like guys that would be available late and mm-hmm. it seemed like they had better skills than that that drafting that uh ADP would would go along with so i knew they'd be there
1: and mats, uh, been a- loving mats is like music to my ear um right. and um if you were <laughs> If you were in the uh pull hitter po- uh Patreon Discord, you would know that he's a very idolized pitcher. Um, Phil <laughs> Phil Hussell loves Matt and uh, as well as I and several other people. And it's like the uh Matt, um, non fans were always like, I don't know what you guys see in him. And every time there was a like, even when he went into the bullpen, we're like, but he's gonna come back. And he's going to be the guy, you know, and like every time Libertor, just like rooting for like Libertor to do shit just to sort of get Matt's back. It's so crazy where we go to, right, as fantasy players. Oh, my God. It's wild. Um, yeah, it's really wild. So I love that. I love that. Um, I love that Matt stuff. So that's pretty interesting. That's cool that you run your own, you know, kind of model. Um, at least you know what goes into it. Uh, so that that helps.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because I know where like the blind spot might be, what it's missing on that kind of
1: thing. Um, Love
2: it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good strategy, though. Is like, like we talked about, like having just an idea of guys, because you don't know how the draft is going to shake out and how. Like you, you can have a plan where you're going to say, like, I'm going to target whatever, starting pitching in the first five rounds, and you and six other teams in your league could be doing that. And then all of a sudden you find yourself with four hitters and you're like, well shit. Now the, like my, I planned on having a base of starting pitching and now I have a base of hitters. Like where am I going to find this pitching? At least having ways to go late to say like, Hey, like I, I knew this, like I was last year. I knew I'm going to wait on shortstop because everyone's aggressively drafting shortstops early. And, I'm gonna target guys like CJ Abrams and um, Ezekiel Tovar like late because I think the majority of teams are gonna have shortstops and these are guys that you know teams only need 15 shortstops and X number of middle relief uh, middle infielders so like you know the way I looked at it I, just the numbers wise I was like I feel like there's gonna be a good chance I'm gonna have these guys available for me like around 16 17 18. So mm-hmm. worst comes to worst, if I don't have a shortstop, I'll just target those guys late. I think they're going to get plenty of bat bats and not be terrible, potentially give me some speed. So just, like, having that mindset of, like, here's where I can go late for speed. Here's where I can go late for this position. Here's where I can go late for late pitching with skills that I like. Um, just having that, like, prepared ahead of time is is huge, especially in, in these fast drafts where you only have a minute to make a snap decision. Um yeah, I, I like I love that um, that strategy. I think that is really good, and yeah, I think like yeah, we just are talking about how our teams are built, and we all kind of built it different ways, and like I think that that was the whole discussion. And I know Rob, a bunch of people have been hitting you up saying like, "Hey, can you do a podcast on like the optimal roster construction?" and and I I mean. I don't know if you feel the same way. I feel like there really isn't a a tried and true way of this is how you should build it to, to win. I I do think like, I think from an overall perspective, it's hard to not have at least six starters. I know Rob, you, you went five and four. Um, I, I think that in looking at the, like the, strikeout and win accumulation that you need to be at the top of the overall. I yes. think you need at least six starters. Um, yeah. That, that I guess, from a roster construction is my one takeaway is um, I don't think going less than that. You, you might win your league, but I think it's hard to place in the overall unless you really accumulate strikeouts.
1: And no, win. I think you're right. Out of the top 20 teams... Um, half of them had seven starters, you know. So that's definitely seems to be and then like right behind that too, if you go a little further, like like the top twenty top twenty-five teams, there's this there's, there's fifteen teams that had seven starters. So that's definitely um seemed like that sweet spot for it. Um that also comes with like, you know, those teams clearly only had you know, 300 save points, 400 save points. A lot of those teams didn't have many save points because maybe, you know, you have less, like you said, you know, your have three closers with one of them being Jorge Lopez, right? It's like, yeah. you know, you have to have those two guys uh, that those only two RPs have to be good and save. Otherwise you're not going to get enough save point there. So and like six, you know, six, three was well represented too. It's like, You know in the top 20 there wasn't many of that of that five four kind that i thought was like really you know really solid it was only um one two teams that did that so um and then six three with a little bit less than the seven two split but um that definitely makes sense you know because then you could just have that one category um Especially if you're trying to win your league. Because I don't I think that's the thing too. I think a lot of people just turn this into I must win the overall um competition. And it's definitely cool. I get that. I mean we all want to win overalls, but it's like like you mentioned you cashed in ten or fifteen leagues, cashed in I think maybe eight of thirteen. And I just feel like uh, it's it's there for you to just flip. 50 bucks into 250 and that's not that bad you know if you yep. w- just try to win your league too <laughs> i think everyone like every fast draft we did everyone was just mentioning that was just trying to hit the overall trying to hit the overall i was like all right well fine i get that but um it's it's you know having like a good balanced team and you just win your league or come top three whatever third t- third 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 place got a um got a gladiator entry back so um I don't know. Um,
2: yeah, I think it's just when when it's a fifty dollar price point, a lot of a lot of the people that are playing it obviously play a little higher stake. So when when like half the money staying in the league and halfs go into the overall, like you ju- you kind of just look at it as like you know a lottery ticket, a little bit more expensive than than a lottery ticket, but um, you yeah you just try to. But again, like going for the overall, like yeah, obviously everyone's going for the overall because like. It's uh, you only have to draft twenty three guys, and, and like you, you know, you're you're not having to worry about really um, competing within the league once the draft is done. It's just all pooled, right? So it's kind of, I don't know. Um, I, I I I think it's a, just a fun way to try to build. Obviously, you know, we're all we all built our teams different ways. It's uh, it's fun to just draft a little differently and build a roster a little differently than, than you normally would in a DC or mm-hmm. in a, uh, in a fab league. Um, but, but I think there, was, there are some tried and true methods for roster construction.
1: There was 20 teams that picked three relievers in the first eight rounds and seven of them finished below 1200. The highest finish was 134 overall. So, Three closers early, not the way to go. Yeah. That's, 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 that's that's easy, easy peasy right there. Um, Right. Because like that just flat out. You just passed up too too many good starters with those, like that draft capital.
2: Like that, again, that's the thing you have to think about is, you know, what, what you've given up to get whatever it is that you're drafting. Um,
1: Right. Um, Also to, other things that didn't work for me was uh teams that went five pitchers five starters in the first eight rounds um i had a team uh eric albright came in 55th overall someone else came in 27th sam parnell uh no other team higher than 136. so too many pitch too many starters as well does not work in the top eight rounds so um, you know, going down to four and you know, and three you pitchers in the top eight, you start getting, you know, like more balanced teams, better teams. So a lot of a lot of closers in the first eight rounds and a lot of starters in the first eight round. Definitely not the way to go. More than five or more than three is uh definitely risky. But everything else, you know, I think has a little uh you know, and obviously I'm not looking at teams that cash in their league. It's just I'm just looking at the overall board. But yeah. It definitely is um and I, I think that's intuitive because like you brought up, you're leaving a lot of if you go heavy or levers, you're leaving a lot of, you know, starters and offensive stats on the board. Um you know, it's just like picking that sweet spot uh, of 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 when to get, you know, the, when to get your balance. Um but I just want to go back to uh, Rob's team real quick at the you know I feel like you know, drafts to won all different parts of the you know of the draft. Um but you know, your 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 Eavaldi, Yandi, Jake Fraley, uh, you know, three in a row right there in the eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth. That's so big. Um, I had Yandi on I think eight teams, <laughs> eight out of my thirteen teams. He was such an easy pick, and I think gladiators. He was uh, just you just knew he was and, gonna play like every right. day. Right. Yeah. Right. At at, at like 260 and you just knew that uh, you know, he's just a solid skill set and um but you know I think that back half and you know, even pick again, going after you know Stott Heim at two oh nine and Merrill Kelly, you know, he really nailed your back half of your picks there. Such a big key to um to drafting um Luis Garcia, man. I'm still a sucker for Luis Garcia. Still uh, so young
2: yeah <laughs> I, I, I had i had yandi in my uh in my fifth overall also i got him around 20. such a stud
0: he had stud. to be on a bunch of those uh top teams too didn't he was he he, on, like, he, he
1: five was five on yeah he i think he was on five or six um yeah that makes sense uh, yeah five five teams um glaber was on six he was uh he was awesome i know you had him on your team too rob um Still not getting a lot of love, like going like 100 right in in early draft champions or something like that. Um,
0: For, forever
1: underrated, he's just like <laughs> jack of all trades,
0: he does everything. And 26 and play, 15,
1: like no one likes that <laughs> in Yankees every day,
0: he hits top half of the lineup. I don't know what the problem is, but I don't
1: know, it's really I fascinating. Too
2: many, too many people listen to Jason DuPont, that's what it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what it is, though. It's just like if you take away, I I just think it's that one year. I think if we take away that big thirty-eight home run season, right? And if that was just a twenty-eight home run season, I'm like, oh, this guy's good. He's pretty consistent. But in the back, of people's head, like, well, he's not that guy anymore. But he's like, he's still a very good guy. It was twenty
0: nineteen. <laughs> <was>, yeah, stuff.
1: <laughs> right, right. Oh man. Speaking of that, like, uh, are we in the clear now? Can we start looking forward with? some sort of consistency <laughs> i know that that, no. that wasn't in the rundown <laughs> but like how do you guys feel about that you know like like i guess in 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 the projection system too, those things will be like 2019 will be gone obviously now we have the stolen base thing to account for and steamer i think it's kind of low on some of the stolen base output but like how do you guys feel with gauging next season i guess we could segue this into like how we can look at the 80th percentile for you know the gladiators what it ended up being and like what can we expect next year do you feel like you can kind of forecast it or do you feel still like there might be some uncertainty given the new rules or whatever
0: i'm kind of assuming it's going to be similar to this year um i don't think any of the strike zone stuff is coming in next year yet right um,
1: yeah, I hope not. I don't I think so. I
0: don't think so. <laughs> yeah, so that would be kind of like the first time we've had consecutive seasons without like wholesale changes. changes right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although we won't know until we see like the baseball and spring training and if it's, you know, Good flying off the bat. But
2: yeah. I'm assuming uh-huh. it's going
0: to be similar. Teams might even run a little bit more and they see like the success rate this year was crazy.
1: So I think you're right. I, I think you're right. I think some teams are going to be like, oh, you know what? Like, they'll have the offseason to think about it. Maybe they'll even personnel it, you know, like, yeah. you know, and, and, and just be like, okay, we know what happened. We know what we need to achieve, the timing or whatever, and, like, let's incorporate that. I mean, the whole bump thing is getting out of hand already. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't believe that's fun. actually – I'm trying – like, I usually do my best to try to stay off of X. Um, I mean – I haven't done it since I was 20 no but like Twitter um, but just it it's it, it just like I always thought it just pop up and I'm like I see bunts everywhere people talking about bunts I'm like what is happening um oh, what are, what are teams thinking with this but they
2: were they weren't talking about bunting when they had shifts and half of the defense was on one side of the freaking and diamond and didn't... one half of the diamond was wide open and people weren't bunting then but now they're talking about bunting like uh,
1: why because arizona like has a fast team and they did it successfully sometimes but yeah. there still is a lot of, i mean and it's just maybe freaking a rod with that. i mean right here it's like, what i would really love to see is uh you know just execute just move it along like move it along bro you took steroids so you didn't have to bunt and hit 700 home runs and you're telling people you want to see small ball oh god that that fox
0: panel of like david ortiz uh a rod and (laughs) frank thomas talking about bunting is it kills me every time like you guys had like 1600 home runs between you three like (laughs) five bunts in your entire career combined <laughs> easily
2: <laughs> Easily. Know, what are you
0: talking about
1: <laughs> oh my god i know it's it's it really um an interesting uh, i mean gita just like really made it um odd too and interesting at the same time because he just i feel like it's sometimes really i look at him and he just looks at the others talking and i feel like he just wants to melt them with his eyeballs um the one time that poppy brought the hats and he just looked at it and put it down everyone else put it on and he just put it on the table and i know people were giving him shit for it, but i just thought it was funny because he's like i'm not putting this on my head sorry yeah. sorry poppy it's <laughs> an interesting panel for sure yeah. um All right, so, yeah, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the 80th percentile, what it ends up being. Um, Is there anything that you guys – is there any category that kind of maybe surprised you? I mean, obviously, the stolen bases surprised us, but is there anything else, like, just even, like, in comparison to, like, draft champions, um, you know, was there anything that you guys think was a little bit high, low, or is there anything that you think – that you know like how are you gonna use this data for your league this year? Rob, Dom, whoever wants to start it off.
2: I'll I'll let you take it, Rob.
0: Sure. Um I think my big takeaway uh especially for like gladiators specifically is just uh at bats are just like crucial getting the, the good at bats. And it's kind of what I did last year. Um with like, you know, I only I only had the three pitchers in the first 10 rounds, but just like at-bats were the, the most correlated with like hitting points out of everything that you sent me. And um, even stronger than it was in, in the other, um, like the DC in the main event. And that's like the good at-bats that you can lock down are all early. So I, I kind of think, you know, targeting the, the hitters early is kind of the way to go. Um, what do you no,
2: think yeah yeah i mean i think i think for me it goes back to what um you guys were just talking about in terms of like we i do truly feel like this next season will be very similar representation oh. to what we saw this year so we don't have this big unknown of like how many steals do we need how you know like what's gonna happen with the ball what like i think we now have kind of a blueprint for like what kind of steals target you need to get, and like what, what that the rule changes are going to do to players um, in terms of like their steals output. So, I think you have, you know, good uh, baselines to measure against, and like um, kind of what Rob was saying earlier about how he was kind of like plugging players in and. Um, you know seeing where he was light and strong and you know what he need to focus on i think you can pretty confidently do that this year with the targets than than we had last year cuz i just think there was such a big unknown and we were all kind of guessing whereas now we're kind of on a level playing field where it's pretty well known in my opinion what what we're do- what we're playing with
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, they're like at bats, you know, like Rob said, it's just a way stronger correlation to mm-hmm. the overall point. And then the same thing with um, with K's. Like K's was a pretty K's in wind was a was a big difference from the other format. But also two ERA and WHIP um, were also less important um, in in gladiators. So. Um, you know i think i think more and more too like i just took dansby to Swanson in, in in um what round uh the eighth round uh maybe a little bit ahead of his his um a d p right now in draft champions which i just think is too low in general but um I'm going to be looking for more of these guys. Like Danby never misses a game, right? Mm-hmm. He just accumulates yeah. 700 plate appearances. Yeah. And those guys are just going to get a little bit more of a bump in yeah. my eyes. Like, not that they didn't do it last year, but I'm just going to be more conscious of that after, especially after I take uh, Judge and Jordan. Just uh, don't judge me on that. But. Um- <laughs> <laughs> it's like I did really bad in power last year, so I'm like making a conscious effort for that. And um, still, I, st- I still don't know really what's going on in the first two rounds, besides like uh, some guys I feel confident in. But um, just like I'm really gonna pay just more attention to those kind of um, guys and maybe just give them a round or two bump. Um, and like Rob mentioned before, I do think that teams are. I think. I think we. I don't think Stonebase is gonna go down um i think they're either just gonna stay about where they are or they're just gonna go up like you mentioned the stone base success rate 80 percent um and you just saw teams too um and this i don't know if this was because like different battery mate but at the end of the season it was like even some days because i was tracking it every day and like even some days it was like 85 85 like it was just like more successful um attempts later in the year and i Again, it could be like new batteries that are coming into effect and teams are noticing that and be more aggressive with that. But, um, yeah, I could could anticipate it going up, um, especially as other players, right? Again, this is something that if you're a player, you see live happening in the year and you're like, you know what, next year I might even go to a speed coach, right? I might even do some speed training because I know if I can just add just a little bit, to my burst or whatever, then I might, I, I might have a chance to be better for my team and maybe managers or, or maybe who knows, maybe someone, maybe the analytics department on these teams um, <laughs> have, have, you know, found something that's just going to make, you know, them even be more successful next year. I just, um, I think it can only go up from here.
2: Yeah. And, and you touched on it really quickly about like personnel. Like I think, um, you know, the, this this style of game of baseball is skewing younger and so like as veterans on guaranteed deals start you know getting to the end of those those deals i think you're going to see guys that aren't superstars in their 30s start kind of getting pushed off rosters and if they can't contribute to speed and defense they're going to have a hard time finding their way onto a major league roster, and if they are on a major league roster, it might just be, you know, shorter-term deals, um, you know, maybe picked up midway through the season, something along those lines. And, you know, younger, faster, more athletic players are going to, you know, make up a bigger athletes, percentage yeah. of the game than what, than what um, we have seen over the last decade. Or I love that
1: yeah I love that and I actually just have like a simple um I have a simple column like that I've been looking at in my draft and it's just like max max EV plus sprint speed um it's just like <laughs> who are the athletes right like who are these and like even even like i mean if you want to add you know um you know arm uh, arm strength or whatever it's like the athlete is I all right uh dom I, I present to you a guy who offers no speed or defense. Not even any power, really. <laughs> and he's still on the Mets.
2: Yep, I know who you're talking <laughs> about.
1: Daniel Vogelbach. They're I debating. Mean, come on. Are you telling me there's no place in the league for Daniel Vogelbach?
2: There's no place in the league for Daniel Vogelbach. <laughs> that, it's a uh, clubhouse fridge or something like that.
1: I just wish he just went yard, <laughs> you know? I just wish he went in yard more. That's the thing, like that was that was his thing, and then it's just, and then he just became too like he just didn't swing at anything. Yep. Um, uh, Complete dud. Complete dud. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Um. All right. So one thing I want to hit on, um, is I just I think I don't know if this is because like I had success in, in getting the Kimbrel and David Robertson's of the world late. In drafts last season, they were unsigned free agents. Um, Kimberl signed January 4th, David Robertson signed December 9th. So a lot of the gladiators we did still came before that day. And then still, so that was just, um, you know, that was just a, a backup uh, to Diaz. So he stopped getting drafted like when he got signed. Um, but you know, so last year's free agent crop, and then this is like the fringe free agent. It's not a full list of guys, but you know, we had guys like Kimbrel, Taylor Robert, Taylor Rogers, Carlos Estevez, um, David Robertson, Trevor May, Rovis Chapman. Like some of those guys did pretty well on the back end. Um, this year we have Ronaldo Lopez, Hector Neris Kimbrel again, Robertson again, Chapman again. Jordan Hicks enters the fold. Um, Arnavino's back out there, Daniel Hudson, Will Smith. But any any thoughts about how you might handle fringe relievers? Like, are you going to even touch these guys? Does anyone stand out or someone you might take a flyer on? Um, because I do think that last two rounds, if you feel comfortable taking a stab with some of these players who haven't been signed yet and who you can project to maybe get some saves, it definitely can be of some value if you want to um, wait on some save chances. So um, what do you guys think about the possibility of, of maybe drafting these guys?
0: Uh, uh, I, The name that jumps out to me, me immediately is Jordan Hicks because I, I yeah. think he's gonna get like a multi-year deal from somebody um, and that probably is gonna get paid enough where they're gonna be like, okay, you're gonna be installed as the closer and the guy in the pen and yeah he he had a really good second half i think too so um, maybe he's he's found something and i i would be very comfortable taking a shot on him
1: i love what they like i don't know if it was just all um blue jays but you're right in the second half like he definitely his his k rate dropped to 22% but his walk rate went from 13.8 to 7.6 ball percentage went from 40 to 35 and a half. Um, and, and it's just, um, he threw the sinker usage went from 60 to 72. So uh, maybe they just like, all right, like the slider. And that was all swapped for the slider. He threw the slider 11% less and it all went to the sinker. So maybe it was just a location thing with the slider say, so, Hey man, like, you know, you can't locate it. So. Why don't we just concentrate going more sinkers? It still was impressive. Like I I totally think he's got the age. Um, he had a 30 save season at 12 last year. I think he's in line um to get a deal. I kind of like, I mean, I I I've already taken him on two of my three draft champions. Um, I think he's in a great spot, like in the 350 area, four hundreds, even in some drafts. And um I like it. I mean, I, I, I'm totally down with that down Hicks, Dom, the bullpen guru. What do you think about Hicks?
2: Yeah, not not like, uh, yeah, I, I like I like Hicks. I agree with what you guys were saying. Um, I guess my only concern is like, um,
1: where does he go? A t-
2: a t- <laughs> yeah, a, t- a team that <laughs> might already have a, an established closer might grab him. Like you know, the, the Mets. I mean, like I would love the Mets to get another reliever that throws ninety nine and. But if he were to go to the Mets, like, save opportunities are going to be limited there. Um, So that's the only concern is, like, somebody that's so skilled like him um, is obviously going to be appealing to a good team. And if you look across the league, a lot of good teams already have set closers in place. So that would be my only concern about Hicks. But um, the other name that popped to me is, like, Kimbrell. I mean – I feel like we've been playing this game about Kimbrel for um, for a while now, Thank and you. he's just—he's like a capital C closer. Wherever yeah. he goes, he's gonna get saves, you know. That's and true. and I don't think he's gonna say—I don't think he's gonna sign somewhere that he can't be the closer, or at least a, a big, um, it, like a big part of the closing mix. Um that's just like his I think his psyche. Like he he so you know that he's not gonna sign somewhere to be second fiddle. So like I think I would almost I think feel the more the Phillies are con- gonna run it back, honestly. Please yeah, no. I don't yeah. No. no, you don't want <laughs> No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Okay, Rob doesn't want it to happen, Uh, but yeah, no, I agree. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to drop. Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, (laughs) I, I,
2: I, that's just my, my view of it is like, I think you know, you've seen when he's not the closer, um, it hasn't gone, it's gone really bad. Granted, when he is the closer, you know, he has his moments, but I think by and large, like he was still pretty good last year.
1: Ninety-four Ks. I mean, yeah. I think some team is gonna three oh eight Sierra, and you know, um, yeah. he goes through his spots. But yeah, I, I, he had, yeah, yeah, exactly, right.
2: exactly. So yeah. th- that that's the only thing that if I were to to do that, because like again, if you're taking if you're taking any of these guys, he, they're probably your third closer, and like we heard from what I was saying before, like you know, <laughs> you can still cash in these gladiators with a third closer that gives you very little in terms of saves and actually is a detriment to your ratios. So like, um, it's not the worst thing in the world, but if I were to be in this situation, that I had my pick, I'd probably lean Kimbrell just because I feel like he's going to assure himself that he's in a spot to get saves where I can't necessarily feel that confident for, with Hicks.
1: All right. Uh, that's, that's fair. um, I mean, what about what about Chapman? 103 strikeouts in 58 innings. Yeah, um, two nine five Sierra, 41.4 percent K rate. That's, I mean, zone contact 69 percent. He he's that that's he didn't really get many many chases, but I mean, he looks like he's back. And I think like last season, you you know, we were off because his last two months with the Yankees were just. Disgusting, and he couldn't throw hard at all, like as hard as he was. Um, but I gotta think that someone's gonna probably give him a chance to close again. No, I
0: think the same thing might happen where he goes to like a bad team, closes for half the season, and royals again. Again. (laughs) James MacArthur was really good down the stretch. I don't, (laughs) yeah.
1: James McCarthy is 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 in the last two or three draft champions has been going at pick two hundred. Yeah, he's which gone higher and higher. Boggles my! I don't know. I don't feel comfortable with that. I, as good as he was in the last two or three weeks, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I like not, I liked him a
0: lot, but not not there. Yeah, yeah, not there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: good, good <one. laughs> not there. Oh man, yeah. So. That's interesting i mean i feel like there's some live arms right here that can definitely um make their case for for uh you know being yeah. closers um like you said it could be on a good team that uses them um i mean hicks uh, you know i don't know i'm i don't know i don't know how you guys feel about Jordan Romano, but I feel like he's just ready to lose his job somehow um wasn't great in the second half he made me. Made me squirm like, <laughs> like I didn't want to. At the yeah. end of the season, I couldn't yeah. find the plate. Um, I feel like, like, like even with Horan I, I feel like it was, if the season was any longer, um, he may not have gotten looks down the stretch. It may have been Hicks, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> um, he's like the one guy at the top that I don't of the relief list. That I don't feel really yeah. comfortable H- with
2: him and him and Presley. I. I, I it's even last word,
1: year where' you say yeah I, I just
2: <laughs> last those, those are the two guys where it's like they're on good teams but i just feel like i i i don't feel that confident in them either in their health or you know they just don't have the dominant stuff that like some of the other closers in that range are going i mean sometimes you have to do it just by but i i, I always am like i always am like cringing when i have to when i have to pick and I'm just like kinda those are it's like either them or like Kenley. I'm always like ugh
1: um, <laughs> Kenley but, going one thirty man it's that's that a lot of saves around there for him, no Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, he's
2: another guy. It's the way they, the way the season ended is just like, you know, it really was was rough. Um and it's like is is he just done? I don't know. Um I don't know that this is why I just I I pay up and and I try not to swim in, yeah. in this pool of closers it's just uh you know I keep I always say like take the you know I take yeah, my I was, medicine and I I was I gonna go, say yeah. give
1: him the famous line do yeah, give him yeah the take my line. medicine
2: and don't have to worry about this but like that the other thing about when I when I know we're specifically talking about gladiator but like you I, I'm always trying to build my team for the overall and if these guys are my third closer that's fine but like if you're in a spot where these are your second closer or, or god forbid your first closer like y- you your entry could be y- you could have a you know 80th 90th percentile in a bunch of categories but if you are in the five fifth percentile 10th percentile in saves like you're not gonna over. cash in the overall um so that's where I just try not to be. I try not to have my team's chances at you know overall success reliant on these guys. A signing with a team and then B getting a closer job. Because if they if those two don't things don't happen, your entry from an overall perspective is shot. Granted, you still have a shot in the league, but only half of your entry money is going to the league. Um, right. So, and and that's still hard to do because then you're, you're relying on the rest of your team to stay healthy and all this stuff. So it's just, um, that's, that's where it's tough. This, this pool of closures, it's like, I just try not to make it so that whatever decision I'm making on these guys, it's just kind of icing on the cake from a saves perspective for my team. Um, All
1: right. So Rob, um, you Are you going to do some more gladiators this year, or are you going to try another league in the NFC? Do you have any other plans? Um, you know, you hit your overall, or you, you know, are you going to try to uh, dabble in anything else? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, <laughs> um, yeah,
0: nice. Always doing the D.C. Uh, we well, got a taste of a little success. I've got to keep it going. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always always gonna play my DCs. I love those. Um yeah, I'm gonna enter the gladi a few more gladiators. And then yeah, I haven't done any fab on NFBC, so I was gonna join like some satellite or something and, and see how that goes this year. Um I did my first best ball last year and that didn't go great. So I wanna figure out what happened there <laughs> and uh okay. try to improve on that. But yeah, yeah. best ball appeals to me because it's like you just I, I really like drafting and you just draft and then you don't have yeah. to worry about it So I would like to, right. I would like to figure that out. Um, yeah. Best yeah. Is like uh,
1: Really like about, you know, you got to get that. It's so strange because it's like nothing's scarce, right? It's just points. It's not like, Oh, you know, stolen bases are this and, and, and I'm going to need this guy because he gets it. It's just, no, it's, this, here, here, here's a projected line here's the projected points and you know obviously i think the biggest thing a lot of people don't do right is like they just have raw values and they don't account for um you know like uh, the amount of pitchers going x amount of rounds or the drop off you know like that replacement cost like um you know cole can have a 100 less points than than um than kyle tucker but like you know, what's the difference between Tucker and hitter 10 and Cole and pitcher 10, right? And that's that's like the biggest thing to figure out in best ball. Like once mm-hmm. you have that scale good, um, I feel like it's easier to uh, draft. And, yeah, I, I like best balls too. It's just, it's, um definitely takes a whole different line of thinking. Like I said, you know, it's like you have to downgrade guys just from them not projecting out. It's the amount of points you need because like i said it's just oh it's like they're still on base guys like i don't need that <laughs> you don't yeah. have to focus on that or saves you know um but best balls are cool um what about the difference between like 12 team 15 team do you think you might have a preference of like like if you were to do like a um like a fab league would you consider like an online championship or would you rather do like a 15 team satellite league uh, I think I prefer
0: fifteen teams more, just because like yeah. I, I I like the deeper player pool, and I like I said I think I I'm a little bit uh, I, I enjoy you know uncovering guys more than, than the you have to in like twelve teamers, even just like in uh, the fifties those drafts like you don't really get to the same depth that you have to in the fifteen team, and I think I would enjoy that more. Uh, so, yeah. but again, I haven't I haven't played Fab on PC, so I honestly, I genuinely don't know uh, how I would do it in either one.
1: Yeah, it's 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 good. I mean, you know, there's 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 definitely a lot of um, coverage of it now. Um, you know, I me mean? Dom go through it. Uh, Zach Waxman covers it. Um, so definitely some stuff to do just to at least see like the like the market trends, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. I think just just knowing um, I'm still learning, you know, like I still, uh, I mean, I'm reviewing my fab moves in my leagues, and it's like, holy shit, like, am I getting better? Because <laughs> 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 it does, like, just sometimes, um, you know, I can be so disciplined, and then sometimes it's just, and it's weird, it's like with a specific hitter group, you know, I'm like really good with understanding that streamers don't have to be six. They could be one or three, you know, but I'm not good with, I like this guy a little bit more than a streamer. I think he's going to play, I think he's got four to six weeks of comfortable PT. Let me go 11, you know? And I think those are the guys that kill me the most is when I just decide like, maybe they should just treat everyone like a streamer unless they're, you know, Ellie or, or, or Strand and um i don't know it's uh it's definitely a battle but i i I hope you uh you know i hope to see you get involved with a couple more leagues because i think that's awesome that you went straight to nfbc i definitely don't hear that i mean (laughs) i don't i've never heard that on my pod so like that's really cool that's awesome and i think that'll inspire a lot of people who maybe haven't tried nfbc out yet to do it um you know and um you know now we have a uh a couple of new formats out too, which is pretty cool. We They introduced the solo shot, which is awesome. It's kind of mirroring the main event a little bit, but um, it's a little bit less money. It's a thousand bucks, but it's, it's fabbing once a month instead of uh, every week, which is yeah and so that's that's interesting and it's called a solo shot because you you know you can't volume it you you only get one shot at it um get okay, sorry you say yeah Tom?
2: and and the good thing is i think it's a good hybrid between like fab leagues and and 50s where you have a bigger roster so you can right. you can have more players on your team than you would in a fab league where you have like a seven man bench i think i think the solo shots 34 man bench right so it's uh you know it's kind of like because at the Close end of the day, from 32 like two to thirty-four, right? I think I think it's just thirty-four the whole year.
1: Oh, they they, yeah. they didn't okay yeah. okay yeah. okay.
2: So and like if you think about it, because Rob, I agree oh. with you. Like the DC is my favorite format. Um, mm. I I love like one of my like my things this year was like Luke Rayleigh. I was like, this guy's out of options. <laughs> the Rays have to keep him on, and he has like ninety-fifth percentile um, exit velo and like 90th percentile speed i was like this guy could be pretty good and every home run he hit i was just like fuck yeah like 47th round <laughs> really oh, yes. um, found
1: money yeah yes found money but that's that
2: awesome. that's like the best but like but at the end of the day like really at any point like there's probably only about like 35 guys i'm like in and out. unless you have a ridiculous draft like rob had where like he's got 50 guys that are all playing like in dc like you have a a number of like dead spots on your roster between the injuries and guys that haven't been called up yet and things like that so like i think the solo shot's great because it's kind of like that that same roster size from a, a utility standpoint um but you can also replace guys that are injured with fab and you only have to do it once a month. So and it's solo. So like any any single entry contest I'm going to enter because I don't play a ton of volume and I don't begrudge anyone that does play volume, but I just love the aspect of like a level playing field. You just, for...
1: You're on your eighth draft champion.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be volume. it. I don't it's play. November I don't. 10. I don't play. I don't play ten main events or anything like that. No, no, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah I get yeah. it. Like, yeah, you're not awake you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not that's that's um, to, but uh, yeah, I I think like a level playing field is just the best way to yeah. um determine like who's really the best at this game or has the best season at this game, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I I love that contest. I love that they're keeping, they, you know, they keep bringing in new games. I mean, the gladiator itself was a a game that uh, was proposed by a group of guys on a call, just chatting about what would be awesome. And like, you know, it's, it's really taken off. It's I'm sure it's going to be sold out by, I don't know, probably mid January is, is my guess that this, this contest is going to be done um, just because drafting's the best and not having to do any roster, you know, yeah. is, is phenomenal too. And, you know, Rob, I think um, we, we probably, I mean, we're an hour and a half into the pod, but I think maybe explaining at the beginning, like what the gladiator contest is for anybody that's listening that, isn't familiar um might be a good okay oh, because we kind of just jumped right into it uh i could do uh, that i i yeah. i can i
1: could yeah. do an intro but yeah, yeah. It's good like a, good just like good a point. summary
2: but um
1: I'm fucking these guys talking about
2: <laughs> you're listening to for an hour and a half i have no idea what the fuck the gladiator is <laughs> um, people,
1: now people have people have already turned off and are watching muscle crow and <laughs> completely um, like all right this is this is
2: but yeah, it's all—it's um, awesome. All new, all these new formats are love all it. just brought up by the players themselves. So Isn't that
1: amazing. Yeah, it's, it's like, awesome. yeah, and like Greg put out a tweet today. You know, it was like, I love our players. Like, they give us ideas, and we just have to run with it. But like, it's like you know, man, like we love you. Like for for being willing to say, yeah, that's cool, man. Like, yeah, well we'll run that. I hope, I hope it grows, you know, I hope it does this. And um, so we got the solo shot and then we got the champions league, which also got the go, the go ahead that, that Toby Bat for crazy came up with. And um, that's fascinating too. Um, you get, you get a, you get an entry into the main event draft champions and OC the online championship. So you test your, you test your medal on 15 team fab, 12 team fab and a 15 team draft and hold um, anyone who signs up for that. Um, also pays a $250 fee on top of that To It goes to the champions pot. So um, the top 15 teams and, 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 you know, your, your aggregated points from all your leagues uh, will, will go into the champions league next year. So won't be a champions league this year, but in two years from now, there will be the, the inaugural top 15 and that will be an auction league. Um, so yeah, just like testing your medal in different leagues, trying to see um who has the best rounded skills. And I think that's also gonna be pretty cool too, because I think that can go so many different ways with um following it, you know, and kind of like keeping tabs on who might get in. And then the, that year where we like do it, it just would be cool to see who makes it and like to follow that live too. Um so again, just cheers to the NFBC for allowing us to brainstorm these ideas and, and let them run with it. And they're like, sure, here you go. So, but these will be player driven. You know, the NFPC has it out there, but it's up to us to get the uh, pots running up there, you know? So if anyone has, yeah. What the fuck just happened? Oh my God. I don't know. My Twitter just started playing Bubba. There you go. Um, (laughs) but all right you you guys do a
2: hybrid
1: yeah i guess there's a little hybrid pod um uh (laughs) i had a lot of fun with uh bubba too at first pitch It, it, it was a good time i hope you guys get a chance to come down there one time it uh it was my first time and it was really awesome um just hanging out with everyone and uh talking talking in the hallways talking talking in the room about random shit you know just like we're doing now but it's uh it's pretty cool. The weather out there was nice. Uh, I've got to watch some baseball. Um, uh, did you go to the world series game? I went to the world series game on Tuesday. Hey, there you go. Yeah, I went to game four, uh, 10-0 in the third. Uh, Miguel yeah. Castro in the second inning. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, I, I was I was the angry, f- f- drunk, fake Arizona fan, um, <laughs> spitting out, you know, um spitting out fantasy stats uh it's like it's like you know spitting out like you know his numbers in low leverage and all this nonsense my brother's looking at me like just 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 don't do it i'm like all right but you know i mean you know and, and and that's funny too that that game gave you like you know ryan nelson comes in and goes six innings gives up a hit right and it just makes you wonder, like, how about throwing him the star? And if he runs into trouble, you know, yeah, right. I know he wasn't great at the end of the season. He was very up and down during the season. But I don't know. It's just gonna be like, why? Why throw out Play and get him out of the way? when it's like, just throw out Nelson. And if, if they happen to start getting on him too, you, you just pull him quick and then you're in your bullpen game. But at least if Nelson can give you four or five of even three runs allowed, which I think they would have sorely, like I, I would have t- t- taken that from, from Ryan Nelson at that point against the Rangers yes. and he just shut them out. You know, um, it was a good game. It wasn't uh Chase Field has left a lot to be desired. Uh, I thought it was a dud uh, place all the way around. Um, it was cool that you yeah. could see mountains in the background, but uh, like compared to like Citizens Bank or City Field, uh, you know Camden, it, it it was it was just a big place mm-hmm. with people in it, <laughs> no character to it. I don't it's know. A, it's I a felt- weird
0: park too. That that center field wall is insane yes
1: yes yes seeing it live too with nuts um and also to seeing Corey Seager hit a line drive homer to right center and the right fielder and center fielder didn't move they little and and it, and it was crazy because like I'm like is that gonna be out because I was watching them and I'm like is that a clear homer you know also too it's um very the stadium is very up instead of feathered out. know Mm. so you get that high you like your high you know kind of um look i don't really like that kind of feeling um too when you're walking up to your seats like if i tip over a little bit i'm I'm probably (laughs) gonna die but um (laughs) that was interesting to see like Seager's homer didn't think it was a clip. i knew it was a missile but didn't think it was so gone that they didn't move and they didn't move even with that mm-hmm. wall, I'm like, even with that wall. But maybe that was the thing. Maybe they were just like, oh, we'll just play it off the wall if it hits the wall. But um, yeah, so that was an interesting game. Um, they made a valiant comeback, um, but you know, um, it was a good time. My first World Series game in Arizona, so that was that was awesome. Um, it's good times. So, all right, you guys have any parting words before we get out of here, Dom?
2: No, I mean, I think I think the the thing, the best thing to do is just to embrace the chaotic nature that is the contest of the gladiator. Like, yes. uh yeah, you know, it. There, there. I think we've hammered it home. Like, there's no, there's a few guidelines to build your team within, but there's really no like winning formula. There's no better way to build your team than others, um, and so you can try things out uh, yep. and you know really at the end of the day like I, I do truly feel like the best thing to do is identify players that are um, have unique standout skill sets and and try to get some of those players onto your team um, because they can help mitigate the ultimate injury risk that you're going to have just by not being able to replace your players so um, that's my one takeaway or advice to anybody that's playing the contest, but it's fun. It's 50 bucks and, you know, try it out. If you, especially if you haven't done NFBC, it's a good intro to the draft draft software at a low price point. Um, and, and the, Oh, the best thing, so the best thing I liked about it. I, I like, I'm a big proponent of the fast gladiators. I think, um, it's a great, uh, practice for especially in March if you're going to be playing you know like I I did my first main event in 2022 and leading up to that draft I had only done slow drafts and I did my first main in a online lobby so I did online and that minute goes so fast when you haven't done it before um and the best part about the gladiator is you get to practice just being on the clock for 1 minute and having to make a yep. quick pick, you know, whether it's on your computer or if you plan on going live, it's just good like training for like your brain um because you are you get introduced to that kind of pressure and making those split decisions at a $50 price point and that makes it a lot easier when you've had that practice at a low price point for when March comes around and you have, you know, your your solo shot or your main event and you're on the clock for a minute and you've, you've done it before. It's good. It's good reps. So, um, that's the one thing that I like, I took advantage of that last year by doing a bunch of fast gladiators. Um, and I'm going to do it again. I'm only doing fast gladiators. And, uh, that, that is another big benefit to it is if you're playing other contests and, uh, getting on
1: the clock, it's good practice. And also, too, um, for me, um, I I 100% agree with everything you just said. And for me, too, I got to my top 300 faster than I normally do. Like, I had a clear you know, like I like these guys, they belong here. And then when I went back at the draft champion mode, cause I'd like kind of do what you did, Dom. Like I'll just do gladiators right now and then hop back into dra- like draft champions, like slowly, or maybe just like have one in the background every now and then. But mm-hmm. I, I, I felt like, obviously you're not going to draft the same way because you know, draft champions, you, yeah, you you'll take a, a prospect in the, in the 12th round and then just backfill your team later. But You really get like, you have to like focus on, you know, PT and um, roles. And I think like you kind of get a more, I don't know. I felt like I got to my, like, this is my list. These are, these are the guys I want for these reasons, you know. And, and, and and like you said, when draft came around, fast drafts, um, it satisfies the fast draft urge. uh, Now, what about you, Rob? Tell everyone um, again. I mind everyone like where you're on Twitter, who you work for, and what you got going on. I know you you just wrote an article. I think on Corey Seager, right? Uh,
0: yeah, he was the inspiration for it. It was nice. uh, okay. Okay. Swing Swing Decisions uh, article kind of. Ooh, I of love it,
1: but, yeah. I love Swing Decisions.
0: Yeah, um, on Twitter at at not the Bobby Orr. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> Uh, write it at baseball prospectus, try to do a article weekly, uh, whenever I can. Um, cool. and I tweet a lot. And, uh, as far as like takeaways from the gladiator, my, my overarching thing would be like, I had a little bit more risk tolerance than I would otherwise, um, and taking those upside shots, you're able to survive just getting like a zero or two on your roster. Like I drafted Brendan Rogers in that draft and got nothing out of him until <laughs> like the last two weeks of the season because <laughs> he got hurt in spring training. Um, but because of everyone else, I was able to, to bear down there. So yeah, just a little bit more like injury risk tolerance could go a long way there if it, if it works out, just within reason.
1: Nice. Yeah, and 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 I I I really enjoy your um, I really enjoy your tweets too. You're you're definitely, uh, you definitely want oh, to not true. hold back sometimes, and I love it. Um, you, you got some good. You, Rob's a good follow. A hundred percent. Um, I thoroughly enjoy when I pop up uh, and I see something. That just makes me chuckle So you definitely got a Appreciate fast wit and Yeah, yeah, no, no, really do Like, I love it, so keep that up Everyone follow Rob um, And thank you guys, I think this was an awesome pod Nice little recap of the Gladiator And, um, you know um, Hop into drafts, everyone If like, uh, And if you do If you hop into a fast draft with me and Dom Just let us know And um, we might be getting live, who knows We might be doing something fun with those So, um Thanks for everyone for checking in. Another episode of the Pull Hitter Podcast, and don't be a bag of shit.